Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. All right. So, I have a, a few moments. A few more than last time. To, to share with you uh, about what the Lord is, is saying to us in and through the book of Acts. So, we've been on this sort of theme. I went and checked my notes from June of last year. When we started speaking on the back of Pentecost, how the Lord was taking out our heart of stone and putting within us a heart of flesh. He prophesied through Ezekiel that he would put a new spirit within us and that he would cause us, he would move us to walk in his ways. And he was prophesying about what would happen on the day of Pentecost. We'd pour out his spirit on all flesh, put a new spirit within us, that the The original Pentecost was celebrating the giving of the law to Moses on the mountain. That's why they were gathered on the day of Pentecost. They were there for a festival. What was the festival? Celebrating the giving of the law. But now, get an upgrade on Pentecost, and now it's celebrating the giving of the Spirit. Because the law was the external rules of God but the giving of the spirit was the internal giving of the rule or the government of God and so instead of this external behavior trying to live up to the standard which nobody could now it's internally the spirit moving causing us as we keep in step with the spirit to live a life that pleases him this is extraordinary stuff. And that we are no longer under this compulsion of trying to perform. We now live in the grace and the mercy of God, recognizing that Jesus was the only perfect one. And so he's given to us his righteousness. And, and because we've received that, we now continue to live a life that pleases him. But we cannot do it in our own strength. We need to do it in the strength of the Spirit. Yay. And then we recognize because of Pentecost and what had been prophesied and re-prophesied, Joel was the first one and then Peter picks it up again. He says, I will pour out my Spirit on some flesh. Oh yes, on all flesh. Now, most of you in here look like you're carrying some flesh. In other words, we all qualify to receive the Spirit. Pour out the Spirit and my sons and my daughters, and hopefully you one or the other, you qualify, you receive the Spirit, my sons and my daughters will prophesy. Which is why we spend a whole heap of time. But So what is it? 
as New Testament believers, how do we hear the voice of God and how do we prophesy? What is this New Testament prophetic ministry? And we spend a heap of time figuring out how we discern his voice, how we know it's God speaking and not the pizza from last night. Yeah? How do we know it's a God dream and not I'm just unpacking the events of the day? How do we know that this is actually his will for me? Right? And we went through a whole list of things. And I'm, 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 you know, it's, it's wonderful to go and do the teaching. And then I, I, then I get the test. I get to see how well I've done when some members come to me. And I think like, did you not listen in the last six months? Like we said that this is how we would test things. And you chose not to do any of that. I find that amazing. Because some people wonder like, why do you, like, why do you go so slowly? Like, why did it take you more than a year? Well, partly because you only come every second Sunday. <laughs> or every third. So I've got a recap so that you can catch up what you missed last week. And then also, I know because I do pop around to some of the community connect groups when by Wednesday you say, okay, so what, did, what was the preaching on Sunday? And everyone's like, uh, look, I know it was good. I know it was good. You know, I mean, I was really touched. Uh, let me just think, uh, uh, you know, it'll come back to me now. Um, any, you have any clues? So I know that between Sunday and Wednesday, man, it's a long time for you to remember what was said on Sunday. So that's why we tried to do a little bit of recap in my community connect groups, all right? And we're trying to say, okay, what is the Lord saying through the word? Because it's not about entertainment. I mean, you know that. I mean, you've been here long enough. We're just not that good. So we're not entertaining. And it's not about educating you, okay, because it's not school. This is about the Bible, the word, the living word, bringing about a transformation on the inside. So when there's insight, when there's revelation, when the word comes, it needs to have an action, it needs to have an outworking in my life. I need to live differently or think differently as a result of being here for a couple of hours. Now if there's no change, then what's the point? You, you, your time would be better served on a Sunday morning sleeping. If there was no shift or change that was going to come as a result of the Spirit and the Word. Yeah? So we're trusting, and this is our, our approach when we're preaching, is that the Lord is going to ride on top of our words. And even if we're saying this in English, mostly it's English, but the Holy Spirit will ride on top of that and will say to you what you need to hear. I mean, this is intriguing. So many times people come to me and say, wow, you know, what you said, this and this. I'm thinking, did I really say that? That's not what I've heard come out of my mouth. But they heard something by the Spirit. It's kind of like, okay, this is amazing. This is God speaking. Okay, so we're good with that. All right. But as we're speaking, it's not about giving you more head knowledge. 
be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That whole process there, and I did speak on it last year, September-ish, I think, about the transforming, the metanoia, metamorphosis, the, the caterpillar going into the cocoon and becoming a butterfly, that's metanoia, that's the same word for repent. Renew, be transformed by the repentance and the renewing of your mind. As we give up our way of thinking and we align ourselves with the Spirit's way of thinking, we become transformed and renewed. So instead of an external set of rules, now internally by the Spirit, He's speaking to us, I will take out your heart of stone, put in a heart of flesh, and I will write on your heart. He's The Spirit is writing, if you like, the rule, the instructions. It's not an external set of rules on a stone tablet because he's taken out the heart of stone that he might put in a heart of flesh that can feel, be shaped, molded under the governing of the spirit that we can live a life that pleases him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we also noted that there's a huge difference between Old Covenant, Old Testament style of prophets and what we as New Testament, New Covenant believers need to walk in. And so we don't want to reach to the Old and try and base our New Testament ministry on an Old Covenant model. Yay! And that's taken us a few months. We also, just more recently, we're looking at some examples from the book of Acts, how God's people interacted with the Holy Spirit in their day, in their time, as something of an example of this New Testament interaction of believers with the Spirit of God. So we've got a couple of you know, cases that we can look at, we can examine, we can learn from, they can speak to us, they give us something of, of like role models of how we can expect to be interacting with the Holy Spirit and with people in the world. All of that to say we are now, this morning, in Acts chapter 8. Alright, so we looked at, uh, in, in Acts uh, 10, where Peter was having this amazing sermon, and he'd had this beautiful vision, God spoke to him, you know, about things that had been unclean animals, and, and the Spirit said, don't call unclean what I now call clean. In other words, God was saying, I'm changing, I'm shifting things. We say hallelujah for that because now we can have bacon with our eggs. <laughs> Otherwise, there would be no egg and bacon. It would be egg and toast. All right, so we say thank you, Lord, for that revelation in Acts chapter 10 because we like bacon. <laughs> Are we good? Right? Do you understand how profound this all is? Yes. Yeah? 
Do you understand that if, if that thing didn't happen in Acts 10, you wouldn't be eating bacon? It's true. Up until that point, the believers didn't eat bacon. Mm-mm, no pork bangers for them. No ice bind, nix young. Mm-mm. Praise the Lord for revelation. Okay. On a greater level, okay, the Lord was preparing Peter because he was going to go to a people, the Gentiles, who were regarded as unclean. Guess what? Uh, Yeah, I think we're all Gentiles here. Okay? In other words, we would have been regarded as unclean. And the Spirit says, don't call unclean what I now call clean. Because otherwise, the only way for us to get in would have been for us to have been converted into Judaism. It would have been some surgery and a few other things (laughs) required. Hmm. It's church, keep it clean. So the message of salvation comes to the Gentiles. Yay, because the Spirit came and authenticated by being poured out on these Gentiles while Peter is preaching, Holy Spirit interrupts a sermon. Wow, this is extraordinary. Listen, if they've received the Holy Spirit, they're speaking in other tongues and they're prophesying, well, let's get them water baptized. Yeah. So it messes with us the sequence, but it's okay. Peter, he's called back to head office, goes back to Jerusalem. They say, what did you do? He says, it wasn't me, it was God. They say, okay, well, if it's God, then it's, this is good. All right, let's go for it. So that was Acts chapter 10. Acts 13, we saw how Barney and Saul we're part of a prayer meeting. And um, so they've been praying and fasting. And the Lord says, set apart for me Barney and Saul. Send them off. And um, the interesting thing is that Barney, Barnabas, had been the guy in Acts chapter 4 that the Holy Spirit moved his heart so much that he sold a piece of land, brought the entire proceeds put it at the apostles' feet so they could take care of the poor and get the ministry going. And an eye and Sapphira saw that, wanted the, 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 the kind of woo-hoo, name in lights, but they were cheating, all kinds of stuff was happening there. But Barnabas, that's amazing, this example. This is the same Barnabas. His generosity opened up future doors. It also demonstrated he wasn't holding on to his things. That's why God could use him. Amazing, yeah? So Barney and Saul, also one of those double Facebook profile guys. 
because he was going to change his name to Paul. Okay? And, um, and they go down, they, they're in Antioch, and then they go to Pisidian Antioch, a different Antioch, another place, and, and God comes, and do you remember signs and wonders and great joy in the city? Yay, because the Holy Spirit was moving. Yes? All right. Guys, it was only two weeks ago. Come on. At least like nod or something. Okay. Now, we're going backwards. Now we're going back to chapter 8. So what's happened in chapter 8? Well, the church in Jerusalem is still in Jerusalem. What's wrong? Well, in chapter 1, Jesus said, stick around, wait until, until, there's an until. There's an expectation that once the until is fulfilled, then don't wait anymore. Wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high, receive the Holy Spirit, then you'll be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, or as Daryl likes to tell us, some area, and the ends of the earth. Here they are, maybe eight years later, eight or ten years later, and they're still stuck in Jerusalem. So the Lord works through a terrible situation to bring about great good. So this guy Saul who is going to go later on with Paul after he got saved. But before his conversion, he was at the forefront of being anti the church. And he thought he was doing God a favor by persecuting the church. Because he thought these people are off the deep end a cult. Got to be sorted out. And so he was organizing like persecution parties and was actually there at the stoning of Stephen. Persecution breaks out. People are being arrested, thrown in jail. People are being killed. And with this persecution now, Christians decide now's a good time to obey Acts chapter 1. To the ends of the earth. So out of great calamity, the Lord caused something good to happen. That context there actually for us right now might be a useful thing for our own hearts. We're about to undergo another round of world shakings. And I mean... Already, they're telling people in America, mask up again. And um, be afraid, be very afraid, we've got another variant for you. And, and all this kind of stuff, okay? And so the media is already pushing it, and uh, already in some of the states, it's already the mask mandate has been reinstated. So we can see that the ripple effect of this thing, uh, we've seen it once before. You know, what's the saying? Catch me once, shame on you. Catch me twice, shame on me. Let's not be caught twice. 
I, I, I thought about putting out a sort of preemptive strike um, in terms of just saying, come on, let's be awake. But I'm not sure if I'll put out the preemptive strike just yet. They thought it was the chaos because of the persecution. Originally, they could have viewed it as the devil's winning. The church is being persecuted. But in actual fact, it caused the acceleration of the kingdom of God. I mean, in our, uh, looking around some of us here, in our lifetimes... You would have known that uh, when Iran uh, in 79 became a closed country, there were maybe, I think they say there was 30,000 Christians. There was 30,000 or 300. There's over 10 million Christians in Iran. This is a closed country. No, no Christianity allowed. No preaching, no churches. And yet... Christians multiplied. Cultural revolution, you know, tens of thousands of believers only. Now, over a hundred million Christians in China, even though there's persecution, they're still locking up people, putting them in jail, torture, all this kind of stuff. What's my point? My point is, Even when difficulty and hardship comes, don't interpret it as though the devil is winning. In actual fact, God can use anything in any situation and circumstance to cause good to come out of it. I'm not saying that he brought the persecution, but he used the persecution for his benefit. So when the enemy looks like he, when the enemy thinks that he's winning, actually, he can never outsmart God. So it doesn't matter what happens, you know, bricks and whatever new name we're going to give it because we've got so many other letters of the alphabet to add. Uh, Whatever's going to be happening with all of these different things, be in a place of peace because God's on the throne and he's still at work in our lives and in our situations. Just like he was in Acts chapter 8. Does this make sense? Okay. So, Acts 8 verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. That thing they preached actually is they gospelized the word. Okay, why do I just like, whoa, stop, and let's just look at this word preached. Because if we come to some kind of a formal mindset, oh, they preached, means... They set up a pulpit somewhere on a stage and that's what they did. Listen, they're escaping persecution. They didn't have time to run around building pulpits. No, they gospelized. 
they, they told the good news about the word. They spread good news about the word of God. Who? Ordinary Christians. Listen, the, the apostles, they stuck around in Jerusalem so people would know where to find them. But the rest of the people just went everywhere like they were supposed to have been. And wherever they went, they, they just couldn't help sharing, hey, I've got some good news, man. Why are you so encouraged? Why are you so happy? Why are you, oh, I've, got, I've got good news. What's the good news? The good news is, <laughs> I don't have to do it through my own effort. What do you mean your own effort? I don't have to keep the law. What do you mean you don't have to keep the law? People are intrigued. Yeah, I've got good news. In my own effort, can't make it. But he did it all for me. So you're like, whoa, tell me more. Tell me, this sounds like good news. Yeah, of course it's good news. Why is it good news? I'm eternally secure. I'm going to be with him forever. Woo! Yay! No hell, no judgment. This is good news. Listen, the good news is meant to be good news. So when you tell other people, don't come with a turn or burn. Don't come with a condemnation. Don't come with a kind of, you dirty rotten sinner, you're going to hell. Well, people know they're going to hell anyway. I mean, driving in the traffic, people tell them that every day. Go to hell. No, 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 no. Just come with love and light and mercy and goodness. Like the free gift of salvation. That's good news. How much do you have to pay? Nothing. It's free. You can have. This one's good news. And they couldn't help sharing good news wherever they went. That's what the word, the original intention of the Greek word preached actually means. I don't want you to think that it says, oh, there was a microphone and a pulpit and then they stood up and they preached. No church buildings, just they went and they just shared with whoever could, they, they came into contact with, they just shared some good news. It's otherwise, in our minds, we default to, oh, the professionals do this and we're off the hook. Or we don't do this, or we're not qualified, or we can't, or any of those other things that actually the enemy uses, how's this? The enemy uses to shut down the message that's inside every single one of us because of feelings of inadequacy. No, you can do it. All right, I'm here to tell you, you can do it. Got it? Anybody doubtful over here? Okay, you can do it. Okay, let's try this bunch. Okay, you can do it. Good. You too can do it. All right, cool. Come back next week and tell me how you did. Seriously. Seriously. It, he's given to us. He's entrusted to us. This is good news. Okay. So, those people who had been scattered gospelized the gospel, the good news, the word, wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ, the Messiah there. Okay, who's Philip? 
Philip is one of the seven deacons. Philip is not an apostle. He's not a pastor. He's a deacon. He's filled with the spirit. Actually, I'd love to get a chance to, you know, massage this in to when we, with our leaders again. Deacons aren't just people who are good with their hands. Deacons are people who are full of the spirit. That was actually the qualification in Acts 6. People full of the spirit. And then they do all these other things. So Stephen was one of those guys, full of the spirit, a deacon. Philip now, another deacon. And, um, and so the deacon, the deacons are actually leading the charge on this. Not the apostles, the deacons. Hello, business people. Hello, business people. The deacons are leading the charge on this thing. And so he goes down to Samaria. And while he's there... Because he doesn't want to hang around Jerusalem because he just does not want to get stoned. Okay? Verse 6. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Great joy. Come on, didn't we just see that a couple of weeks back? Great joy. Whenever good news comes, whenever freedom comes to people, it's good news, there's great rejoicing. If, if you've been you know, sick and, and you've got a, like a really bad report from the doctor, like, boom, this is your diagnosis. Often people live under that diagnosis. It defines them. And, and, and so to get out from under that thing, it's like I'm healed. I'm no longer defined by this issue. It brings great joy. Yeah? So there's tremendous joy in the city and Philip is, is going around and he's doing the kinds of things that Jesus did. Come on, you recognize the pattern here? Jesus would go around speaking, declaring, announcing, proclaiming, gospelizing the good news. The kingdom is here. Guys, rejoice. This is a great time to be alive. The kingdom is advancing. It's at hand. It's right here. And then he demonstrated that the kingdom was here by casting out impure spirits. By healing the sick. Sorting out disease. Yay. We're going to have an amazing time with Chuck Perry. Should we invite somebody else? It's just, uh, it's like, we're going to have an amazing time with Chuck Perry. Okay. I tell you why, because one of the amazing things is an equipper. He's going to equip you so that you know how to release healing. And the wonderful thing is that he just carries joy. Yeah. Do you remember like asterisks and obliques? I'm using this as an analogy. This is not theology. I'm just using it as an analogy, okay? 
So asterisks and obliques. Obliques didn't need any more of the anointing because he was bathed in it as a baby. Okay? And it just like, wherever he went, it was just like always happening. Okay. Chuck is like he's bathed in the anointing, the oil of gladness. And joy just breaks out wherever he goes. Freedom, healing, and joy. So we're going to have a really joyful time. Okay. Don't miss it. going to be amazing. Okay. So there's great joy in the city. Joyberg needs great joy. And we're going to experience great joy when more and more of us just act like Philip, who was an ordinary person, not an apostle, not fivefold ministry, anything like that. He was just a dude doing what every single one of us can do because we have the same Holy Spirit. Yeah? And he goes to Samaria. Samaria was a place that was was despised. The the Samaritans were a mixed race people. What was the mix? Why did the Jews despise them so much? Well, because God had said, when you go into the promised land, do not take for yourselves wives from these surrounding tribes. But some of the people of Israel did not listen and they intermarried with these surrounding tribes. And the result of that was this group called the Samaritans. They were a half race, half Jew, half from the other tribes around. Okay? And so the Jews who'd held to the covenant had kept themselves, despised those who didn't even though they were semi-related. There was war between the cousins. And so Philip goes into this place where in the natural, he would not have had love. Isn't it amazing that because of difficulty, he found himself in a place he otherwise would not have gone to? I mean, this is the same place James and John wanting to call down fire. In a minute we're going to see. Holy Spirit, sense of humor. Who does he send? Peter and John. The same guy who was calling down fire on this bunch. He now comes with the fire of the Holy Spirit. He's allowed to call down that kind of fire. So, healing, deliverance, joy. This is amazing. This is Philip. And their shrieks. And the reason that we're kind of going back and we're looking at these kinds of things is because this is like the way it is whenever God shows up. 
And so what happens is that when people who didn't walk in light were walking in darkness, that's everyone who's an unbeliever is walking in darkness. Until you come into the light, you are a child of darkness. That's just biblical way of describing, right? So we are transferred, the scripture says, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So if we walk in darkness and we fumble around in darkness and we do dark deeds, we have opened doors for the spirits of darkness to have access and impact and influence over and in our lives. Like Klingons. Yeah? And so when we come into the light, the Klingons don't like light. And so the Klingons actually have to be removed. So when we have people coming into a place like this, which is filled with lots of light, we should anticipate shrieking. It should be normal in church for shrieking as people find freedom. Not get offended with like, well, they should have taken them out. What did the preacher think? How could they let it happen? Apparently Jesus was okay with a bit of shrieking as long as it didn't last too long because he would send them packing. And, and when you encounter some shrieking, don't call the hit squad. It's like, these signs will follow those who believe. Any believers in the room? Okay, now all of a sudden you are part of the hit squad. You see? Now we all are the hit squad. He says, these signs will follow those who believe. Lay hands on the sick, they will recover, and you will cast out demons. So let's just get rid of anything that shrieks or, you know, makes a mess on the carpet. Listen, not everybody who throws up, it's a demon. Or not everyone who coughs, it's a demon. Okay, don't get religious on this. It's amazing how quickly we, do, we revert back to formulas. It's like, oh, you want to be free? Okay, vomit in the bucket here. Now listen, I remember in the 70s seeing that bucket get cleaned out a lot from, my folks used to be involved in a lot of that stuff. And um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good session if there was a lot of puke in there. Yeah, we've come a long way, eh? Yeah. But if it does happen, we just clean up the mess, we don't make a big song and a dance about it's not their fault I mean rejoice they're coming free you know if it starts slithering like a snake or whatever it is we just or their body starts contorting doing all kinds of crazy things it's just like no stop it you're not going to do that be muzzled stop be silent yeah Jesus would say that's it out of here don't make it so the demons like to create a sense of fear and panic and show off as though they are stronger than they actually are. But we are in Christ. 
And Christ is God. And Christ is the all-powerful one. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And the same spirit that powerfully worked in Christ and raised Christ from the dead is in you. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus said. So now I'm sending you go. In other words, we are going in his authority. He's given us the power. He's given us the authority. He's given us the assurance in scripture. This is what's going to happen. So we come across these things. We don't come like, whoa, where's the hit squad? So like, no, sort it out. If it looks like it's a bit of a tough wrestle and you knew it this, then get another believer who's had a couple of rounds in the boxing ring and knows a bit better and, and you know you can, you can do tandem fight okay why are we bothering to talk about this the Lord's restoring the authenticity of the power of the gospel to the church of Jesus Christ and it's likely that we're going to see a bit more of this stuff and so to be forewarned is to be forearmed so if something strange starts happening near you you don't freak out and say well that's it I'm leaving this church how can the elders allow this what do you mean no this is a time to roll up your sleeves and help in the battle for freedom for your new brother or sister who needs your help in getting free They don't need you to back out the fight and go and slink off into the corner. They actually need you to step into the light and wrestle with them for freedom. Come on, it's 2020 free and we're here for freedom. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we're not looking for a demon under every bush. And just because your kids are rebellious doesn't mean they're demonized. Again, not put everything down to formulas. All right. There are times when I look at the clock and I want to cast something out of the clock. (laughs) But I don't think it's in the clock. Hopefully next week I can come back to where I was really trying to get to. But here's the interesting thing. Philip, he's operating... In the power of God, and he's bringing them to a point, water baptism. But you're going to see next time we come, he's calling in Peter and John, and they step into a whole other realm with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to show you a few things why it's a whole other realm. It's going to be absolutely eye-popping. Okay? So, for us to walk in salvation... Hallelujah. Water baptism. Hallelujah. But there's a level that you get to and it almost like it plateaus. But if we want to step into the next level, there needs to be the outpouring of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants that for us. He wants us to be a power-filled people. Because there's work to be done. There are areas to be broken open. There, There is... 
um, great need for the advance of the kingdom. All right, I think that's my signal that I need to to bring us to an end. So, would you stand? You good? You all right? Okay. Can we pray? Thank you, Lord. So much um, insight, revelation coming to us through the word. Thank you that there's the flow of word and spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, you speaking to us each one of us individually what we need to hear and to know. So we say, Lord, would you help with a transforming work, a renewing, a metamorphosis in my mind, in my heart, that I might know you, not about you, but know you and know what you're doing that I can step into what you're doing and be part of the advance of your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, that you are stirring us up to get on the front foot with the advance of the kingdom. Not to be passive on the back foot, just letting other people go and do the hit squad stuff or the healing stuff or the spreading the good news stuff. But that we choose now to get up and onto the front foot Because this is what your people do. So strengthen us, Lord. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And may we be part of the answer of that prayer. Not just in our minds relegating it off to some other person or professional or expert or somebody who we think is more qualified thank you that you call us and then you qualify the called thank you that you are equipping and enabling us to do these very things so thank you lord for your power and your life which is at work in our hearts and in our midst we ask lord that as we go from this place, we would be returning with many testimonies so that there would be great joy in the city because freedom has come. Freedom is won. Thank you, Lord. So thank you for your, your love, your life, your peace, your provision, your protection. Thank you. May the joy of the Lord be our strength this week. And all God's people said,